When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino, we bring you the latest OU football updates, and we recap OU softball's dominance in their regional, and we finish up with our winners and losers of the weekend. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. Our man, Michael Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Monday, May 22nd, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind Casino is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And to learn more about their gaming promotions and entertainment options in the month of May, all you got to do is visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now we're recording this Sunday evening. Please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment. How are we doing, Ted Lehman? Fantastic. Been a good weekend. Uh, we got plenty of action going on. A lot to talk about right now. There's d- undoubtedly a lot of things to get to. And let's start, like we always do, with the OU football news. I know people people want our opinions on the dominant performance of OU softball in the regional. I get that. I totally understand. But let's start with the OU football stuff. And I guess the biggest news of the weekend is a loss on the recruiting trail. Is that, I I mean, you look at the Zadavian Sims a kid from Durant, and I know that he, for the most part, grew up in Texas, then moved to Durant. So it's not exactly a, you know, what you think of when you think of a typical in-state kid, but guy played high school football in Durant. He's a 6'4", 280-pound defensive lineman, and it appears that the Sooners have lost the recruiting battle to the Oregon Ducks with him committing over the weekend. Yeah, and I know it's it's that is a point of frustration, I know, with the fan base. Um, twofold, right? Number one, defensive line. It's what we've been talking about hammering home. We're thin there. 
we need some big time talent. Uh, like that's that's one of the things, one of the positions you really circle headed to the SEC that we've got to improve. We got to get biz- bigger. We got to get more physical. We got to get deeper. We got to get more athletic. All of those things. That's number one. Number two, in state, you got to lock down the in state, right? Um, I, it's actually it's shocking that it's fairly rare over the last, I don't know, um, you know, fifteen or so years that we get the best player in the state. It, it's shocking how rare it is. You would think that it would be almost an every single year type of thing, but. Uh, it actually hasn't happened as, as often as you might think. So like both of those things are frustrating and I get it. I understand it's super competitive out there. We've got big time players like this. You know, there's, there's a lot of reasons as to why he may pick somewhere other than Oklahoma. And it's not just, um, you know, how, how close it is. It's not just like chance of success with, the current landscape of college football, the NIL and NIL offers is going to be a big factor in recruiting. Not to suggest that that's what this was because I don't know, but you know, that's been one of the ways that Oregon has been able to get in on some guys. Yeah. And I I don't think it's any, it's not a mystery, right? What Oregon's current reputation is when it comes to recruiting and it is what it is, right? It's not against the rules. But the way that they go about it, as far as I know, they're not breaking any rules. Now, you could say recruiting, inducement, all that stuff. Listen, I guarantee you, it sounds like they got the the way that they talk to kids, the way that they go about it, sounds like they got it pretty buttoned up to where they're not doing anything that's against NCAA rules. So, like you mentioned, it's part of it. But, and, and I know some of the fans say, well, hey, this isn't this isn't our top target anyways. Right, you think about the other the other guys that are out there with Williams, Winery, David Stone, Nigel Smith, uh, Joseph Jonah Ajanye. Like, I, I get it, I get why some of the fan base is, is saying that. But you want to keep the best talent in this state, in the state, and you want you want them wearing crimson and cream. I, I mean, it's that simple, and we'll, we'll see who Todd Bates and Miguel Chavis and Brent Venables are able to land right in that 2024 class along the defensive line. But just because he chose somewhere else, fans, some fans, you don't have to act like it's not a bummer, you know, you know what I mean? I I feel like, and I get it. I totally get it. Right. And you and I kind of have that mentality, you know, Hey, well, if he doesn't want to be here, then fine. Go somewhere else. Like I, I totally understand the fan base and the people that feel that way, but you also can say, well, we, Hey, we, we need to get that type of guy, right? And we, we don't have to say a bunch of rude stuff about the kid. Like, you know what I mean? I, I saw some of that on, on social media and saw the message board screenshots going around other recruits tweeting it. And it's just like, Oh my gosh, here we go. Yeah. Well, you obviously want kids like this, especially from your own state. Um, now, when you don't land them, it it doesn't mean that it's a bad kid. And it doesn't mean that you can't recruit, right? I, sometimes a kid wants to go somewhere else. Sometimes you can't compete with 
maybe whatever it is that they're offering. I mean, I it's almost as crazy as it sounds. You almost got some type of um, salary cap type of situation going around. Like, right. You know, NIL is NIL. There's not an endless amount of funds and like you can't just offer up all of your funds to a player because he's local. If there's better players out there that you're, you know, that, that may come, like, I don't know how all of that stuff works out, but you know, what are you going to do? It's not like they weren't trying to recruit the kid. It's not like they didn't think that he was a good player and, and was not worthy like what else do you do? You you show him the vision for the future. You show him how you feel like he can fit in. Show him all of the upside that that you have going to the University of Oklahoma. All the things that you're working on for the players and the sole mission and you know NIL stuff and opportunity to go play in the SEC starting next year. And like you lay all that out for someone and they want to go to Oregon. Like what are you going to do? I mean, I it's frustrating. It is, but I I guess I don't know that I you could be you could be upset about it and you can like be frustrated as we all are. We'd like to land every single recruit that we're after, but I guess I don't I guess I don't know other than as long as we know that the, the staff is putting in the effort on the recruiting trail and IDing the right guys and like I've seen their I've seen their recruiting pitch. I mean, it's top notch. I if if NIL was not a thing and paying recruits was not a thing, I OU's got probably about as good of a recruiting pitch as you could ever have for everything that they're doing for the players um, at the facility. You know, I, all of the stuff behind the scenes that they have going on is top notch, and. You know, if that doesn't resonate with a kid and usually resonates as much or more with the parents than it does the kids, like, and if that doesn't hit home, then, you know, there's not a whole lot else you could do. Yeah. And it it just, when I saw this happen, I had a lot of thoughts, right? Because you know how passionate I am about the Oklahoma kids going to Oklahoma, right? It, and I'm always... I'm always cheering extra hard for those guys. And I've got no ill will toward this kid. We'll see what happens with his career if he ends up at Oregon. But it just made me think, hey, oh, he's got to play some better defense. And they got to win some damn football games. Because that, that typically takes care of a lot of the recruiting pitch. Right? And I know it's only, it's just one very disappointing year, right? In year one under BV. But if you start winning a lot of games and you start becoming one of those teams that are kind of a a buzzy team nationally and on the recruiting trail and all the guys are talking to you like, hey, OU, man. OU's got it rolling, that defense. And then all these defensive prospects start talking to each other like, hey, they got it rolling. They got it figured out. That's that's what we need, right? Yep. If if you play better football, if you play better defense, that'll help. And and maybe some guys will choose. You know, the some some of these guys will always choose the best nil deal, and I completely understand that. 
and everyone's circumstances are different. But the bottom line for me is I saw it and I was like, they need to start playing football at a at a higher level. And then it'll be much more difficult for these top prospects in the state of Oklahoma to leave. Yeah. Especially with the move to the SEC. And I know a lot of people wanted to point out in this specific case with Sedavian Sims, like, hey, the Pac-12 is about to be I don't want to say irrelevant, but it's going to be Oregon and Washington and who else? Irrelevant feels like the right word. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Meanwhile, OU is headed to the best conference in the country. Right. So I, I, and that, that's why when you see a guy choose Oregon over Oklahoma, I I get it. I get why some people can be surprised, especially when he's an in-state kid, but just got to start playing better football. That's that's kind of my reaction. It's like, hey, just play better football, become a larger part of the conversation, and that allows that gives BV and the staff more ammo on the recruiting trail. You you don't have to paint the vision anymore, right? Yeah. You can say, hey, look at what we just said. That's that's what that's why I think this season's so important. Well, I I, I totally agree. Um... You know, but here's the interesting thing about that is we need to play better football to get better recruits, but we need better recruits to play better football. Correct. There's, there's like that, that give and take there. So, you know, you can only get so far with scheme and stuff, but I think, Everyone would agree that while maybe our roster has not been what we want it to be, we've got we've got good enough players to to play far better defense than what we've been playing. Right. So like you you have to start putting it on film, being ranked higher, like taking some of the ammo away from the schools that are recruiting against you. Because right now it's the easiest thing in the world to say, oh, defensive line, you want to go play defensive line at Oklahoma? Take a look at this real quick. When's the last time Oklahoma had this type of recruit, you know, this type of player go to the NFL? I mean, it's been a long time. And that ammo is easy. It's just easy right there for anyone that's recruiting against Oklahoma for a defensive player to throw that out there. And they're going to be able to until you start having results. That's just how it is. I mean – they're going to have to go out there and get it done. Now, that doesn't mean that they're not going to win on some other players. They're still in on a bunch of really good defensive linemen, and I think they got a good chance to to pick up one, two, three, uh, several of these guys. But yes. the pressure's on. Yeah, the pressure the pressure is on, right? And you you look at those main targets, right? You've got. Williams Winery, 6'6", 260, out of the state of Missouri. He's on threes, number one defensive lineman in the class. Yep. David Stone, we've all heard a lot about him for several years now, right? Uh, 6'4", probably around 280-ish. Now, remember, Dell City to IMG. He is on threes, number two defensive lineman in the class. Nigel Smith. 6'4", 265, out of the state of Texas. He's on threes, number 11, 
defensive lineman in the class. And then Joseph Jonah Ajanye is hair under 6'4", 255 out of the state of Texas. He's on three's number 14 defensive line. Though those are the main targets. And then you've got Danny Okoye, right? He he's labeled as an edge there out, out of the Tulsa area. And he announced over the weekend he's got OU in his final 10. Right. So that is the Okoye kid by several of the recruiting sites. He's considered the top player in Oklahoma. And then uh, the the Sims kid who chose Oregon is considered the top player in Oklahoma by a couple of the other ones. So those are the targets. The pressure is on Todd Bates, Mikhail Chavis, Brent Venables to land, like you mentioned, like multiple. You can't I, I don't think the fan base is going to be satisfied with just one of those guys. That like the expectation was this staff was going to come in and change everything as it pertains to the talent at the line of scrimmage along the defensive front. And these are the types of guys you got to land. Right, you yep. you can't just hope to bring guys in via the portal and make it work. Like you have to bring high school kids in and develop them and develop the culture, all of that stuff. So, yeah, the like you said, the pressure's on, man. Pressure's on. They lead with the right guys, though. Um, according well, to a all lot of four folks- of those guys, Winery, Stone, Smith, Ajani. Like you look at, and I don't know what to how much to read into the on three predictions and the the crystal balls to 24 seven like but the percentages are all heavily in OU's favor right. for those guys yeah. so yeah. and th- there's a lot of time between now and signing day and things Correct. can change like I would not expect that Oklahoma lands every one of these guys they may but I wouldn't expect that things are going to come up and you know to that point I there's a long time between today and when Zadavian Sims has to sign with Oregon, right? So I know he's committed to them, but who knows what could change between today and, you know, mid to late December, whenever the ink is supposed to hit the paper. So uh, I know it's frustrating, but they're still in on a bunch of really good defensive linemen and things not over until the ink hits the paper with the proper date and the fax comes through. That's whenever it's over, right? I don't think they fax anymore, by the way. I think it's like... Not? I thought this like, was the holdup with Peyton Bowen's deal, right? He just never... You would think they EF, just docu-sign EF. or something, you know? Well, well, whatever it is, it ain't over till it's docu-signed and they've got the papers in hand with the proper date. And they won't be sending it back this time to get the right date on it. If with uh, Zadavian Sims, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so that was uh, that was kind of the biggest news as it pertains to OU football over the weekend, and I, I thought it, I thought it connected well with something else that I saw over the weekend. So on three, ranked the top one hundred college football players ahead of the twenty twenty three season, and you know Caleb Williams is number one on the list. Duh, returning Heisman Trophy winner. There at USC. We know a thing or two about that guy. Drake May, number two, right? And quarterbacks are so important, right? And those guys are projected to be number one and number two type guys in the next NFL draft. This all matters. But there were no big 12 players in their top 20 players 
heading into the 2023 season. The first Big 12 guy is Xavier Worthy, wide receiver at Texas at 21. Ted, would you like to guess where the first OU player appears on on three's list of the top 100 players in college football heading into the season? Hmm. Take a guess where and who. How about that? Where and who? My my gut tells me is we don't have one in the top 100. Mm. But if we do, it would be Dylan Gabriel at like 85. You're, you've got a good gut, my friend. Oof. OU, not a single player on the top 100 list for on three heading into the season. And I thought it connected well to what we just talked about on the recruiting trail. Yeah. And what we've talked about a lot on here. You have to have more dudes. And not having a guy on this list, and this list isn't, that's not the best list in the world, right? It's not like all these guys, this isn't what the top three rounds of the NFL draft are going to look like when it rolls around in 2024. That's, That's not it. Right, that's not the truth. But it, not having a single guy considered a top hundred player in college football—that's an issue. Now, could it be a product of going six and seven a year ago? There's no doubt that that is a factor as well. But I started thinking about it, and I was like, "Who who has earned that?" Honor, if you want to call it that, that recognition. Nobody. I think Tyler Guyton can be a first-round pick, but he has not played like a first-round pick up to this point. Like that's that's a projection from me. Yeah. So, I like if I would have guessed, I probably would have said uh, I said Dylan Gabriel because quarterbacks always get way higher marks than they deserve, and then. I would probably say Rame after that because yeah. he's the guy that has played the most, been the most consistent, maybe thought of as as the highest, and he's played on what are good offenses. Like defensively, you could you could pluck a couple of guys and say, are they a top 100 player? And I don't know, maybe you could make the case that they are, but the problem is they're, they've played on defenses that have ranked horribly overall. And – whether you like that or not, typically that's going to matter. Like, take Danny Stutzman, for example. Danny Stutzman was the Big 12 leader in tackles last year. Okay. Had Oklahoma been the number one defense in the conference and he was the leading tackler in the Big 12? Well, guess what? He would be by far easily within the top 100 players. But since you're not, I you just don't get the benefit of the doubt on anything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was just, I went through the list and I was just looking at the list, looking for big 12 guys and Cooper BB from Kansas state who you and I both like, he yeah. he checks in at 32 and it was a surprise. He was coming back, but he's, he's coming back for another year. Uh, Kelvin banks is at 51. That guy is, he's going to be a legit, <laughs> he's going to be legit. Uh, Josh Newton, the corner from TCU. He was at 66 Quinn Ewers checked in at 75. A.D. Mitchell at 86. And I think that's it. I, I don't think I missed anyone else. But the reason the reason I bring this up is 
we all know where we want this program to be, right? We want this program to be at the height of the sport. It's hard to do that when you don't have a single player that the people at On3 think is the top 100 player in college football. Because you look at the list, Georgia's got seven, Ohio State has seven, Bama's got five. And OU sitting there with a the goose egg. Right? So that's just, I know we bring it up a lot. The level of talent on the roster, it has to improve. They have they have to stack recruiting class after recruiting class after recruiting class. And once again, the pressure is on that staff to do that, right? Especially with where this program's headed. Yeah. And, you know, here's the th- the other the other part of this is like they've recruited good enough to where they should have players in the top 100 right i mean when we talk about oklahoma recruiting and how we got to get better and got the roster's got to get better that's true but it's not like oklahoma's had recruiting classes outside the top 25 you know we're routinely in the top 10 or fringe top 10, like 12 is usually the lowest we've been over the past, I don't know, uh, eight, 10 years or so. So we've got players coming through development, transfer portal. Some of those things have killed us. Turnover has killed us. Like it, you just, these guys got to put it together. I mean, I'm sorry. I, you you can make excuse after excuse, but there there are players on our roster right now that should be ashamed that they're not in the top one hundred. Yeah, I I hear you on that, but it is one of those things, and I know that we're focused on the twenty twenty three season and you know winning a Big Twelve championship, going to the playoff, all that stuff, but. Everything it just has to it has to ramp up, yep. And er- everything, and they've been trying their best, right? Uh, Venables, once he got the job, I mean, they asked, they asked the administration for a lot, and the administration's delivered on quite a bit of it. But you, you got to keep pushing, man. Yep. You got to keep pushing because if you're bringing in, uh, you, so let's say you have the tenth ranked class. In the Big 12 days, what, you would have been behind one team, Texas. Now you're going to be behind what, four, five? At a minimum, probably five. Five? Five teams in your conference. Yep. Everything, it just, everything's got to ramp up, man. That's just, and I don't say that to get the, I, I think the fans understand that. And that's just, oh, he's got that. The return of the it ain't good enough shirt. That's right. Look at that. That's right. I'm with you, man. Yeah. I Now, if, if this team comes out and they handle business, they, they play good football, they play smart football like they're capable of, by the end of the season, you should have several players that are on this top 100 list if they, if they do it again, right? I mean, I think you you could you could list off five, six, eight guys that would have a chance to be in the top one hundred. Which 
which OU player should be most offended, right? We Last episode, we talked a lot about all of the bulletin board material that is accumulating for this football team. And this, hey, file this one away as well, right? Hey, no one at on three thinks you have a single guy that's a top 100 player in college football. Just so you know, they all think y'all stink. What, well, wh- what player should be most offended? Is it Dylan Gabriel? I feel like Dylan Gabriel is probably the most accomplished, but it's not. He was good last year. He didn't. He didn't set the world on fire, though. No, but I mean, statistically, he was way better than Quinn Ewers. Absolutely, he was. I mean, there's so, no doubt. There's no debating that. Yeah. Um, outside of that, Stutzman. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you lead a conference in tackles. That has to it should matter for something. I don't think well, any of the defensive linemen could be upset. No, we only got like one guy coming. Like, well, I guess Co and both defensive ends, but they can't. No, they cannot be upset. Farouk, I, mean, I would say Bowman. Farouk, Bowman. maybe, but Farouk had like he didn't even have 500 yards receiving last year, did he? Yeah, so it's. Maybe that's how we should have done it. Why don't we have a top one hundred? Right. Like, what's wrong? Right. I mean, you there's not there's not much beef you can really have with it at this point. Now, I expect by the end of the year, if they were to do a top one hundred players, and we don't have anyone, that's a massive disappointment. Massive. We should have plenty of guys offensively and defensively showing out this year, especially with our schedule. Yeah. Yeah. But with, you know, you're missing out on an in-state recruit. You got no guys on the top 100 list. It's just one of those things. Dog days of summer, man. The the good news is is going to be few and far between. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you went six and seven the year before, not going to make many of these lists, but no. we're, we're going to keep talking about them and we're going to keep filing them away. In the little in the little folder that's called, and you know, we'll label it bulletin board material, right? AMO for Brent Venables and the staff to use throughout the offseason. All right, let's get to call your shot. We asked you guys the most significant thing that happened for OU football this weekend. This first one comes from Jeremy LaForce, and it's something that you you kind of touched on, Ted. He said that NIL money probably needs to get larger. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean that's that's the truth. We've got some hangups right now with, with some of the NIL stuff. I don't exactly know the ins and outs of it. There's some going on with the legislator and, and, and the governor and everything's kind of been put on pause. And I think that's had to freeze some of the NIL stuff that was, that was working just to kind of see maybe where everything is going to land after that. Uh, But yeah, I mean, that's, it's the frustrating thing, man, is, is you can, you can hit everything out of the park, but at the end of the day, it's now that NIL is a thing that's, that's for a big percentage, not for everyone, but for a big percentage of players, that's going to be first and foremost, like, what are you going to do for me dollars and cents? And then after that, then, then we can talk as long as you're hitting the threshold that everyone else is on then you're you're in the game recruiting. If you can't get to that threshold, you're not in the game recruiting. 
I know some people may hear you say that and be like, oh, that can't be, it, it can't be that way with all these top recruits. It's that way with the majority of them. And it has gone just from, you know, coaches on the OU staff I've talked to, coaches on other staffs, a big time programs that I've talked to. It can be as, it can be as upfront as, hey, I want to know what my payment plan looks like. Is it weekly? Is it bi-weekly? Am I getting it monthly? Like, I, I want to know what the amount looks like, where it's going to come from, all of that. Like, those conversations are happening. Yeah. Don't don't be one of those people say, oh, like, no, no, no. No, that is, that's happening. Like, hey, coach, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd love to watch some film, but let's talk about my payment plan. Yep. That's that's part of college football. Now, whether we like it or don't. So, yeah, OU's, I've said it, like OU's and IL games got to continue to to raise, to raise its level and got to get the government out of the way. What's going on, man? What are we doing? I don't Come know. On. I don't know the issues and I don't know what all is uh, legislatively what's, what's happening there, but I know that what there's some type of holdup going on right now with, with some of the stuff we're trying to do. We, we need to get that ironed out. No kidding. Whoever, whoever's responsible for getting that ironed out, please iron it out. <laughs> we need, we need all the help. We need, to, we need some defensive linemen. Damn it. So, yes, we do. That's the, I mean, and the payment plan situation is like, if you want to start with where is the highest payment plan, it's defensive line. Cause there's just and quarterback. Yeah. Quarterback. There's just a, there's a very small amount of guys at an elite level. It's just, that's how it is. And every single big school, every little, everyone in the country wants them. So it's a premium. Yeah. All right. This next one comes from Logan Parsons. And he says, most significant thing that happened was BV walking the walk, not just talking the talk, pulling an offer from a commit who tried to sneak a visit elsewhere. The standard is set and the line will be held. Hopefully this mindset will permeate the rest of the program. Ted, this is a rumor about Lane Jenkins allegedly tried to sneak a visit to Illinois. Do you know anything about this? That's the only thing I know is is the same thing that was mentioned there. Um, I don't have I don't know anything else about it. Uh, I know that he's a kid that is incredibly raw, has great size, great athleticism, and has a really really high ceiling. Has only played one year of football. I think he played one year of high school ball, and then was in junior college, and I think was banged up for most of that year. But I know coming back this next season that they thought he was probably going to be junior college national player of the year uh, on the defensive side, ha would have a chance for that. So I know that he's highly coveted. I don't know what else is going on out there other than what the rumors are. All right, then. Birthday shout-outs. Welcome to the world, Bishop Ryan Bates. And welcome to the world, River Cash Zuber. Happy 50th birthday to Paul Brewer. And happy 80th birthday 
to redneck granddad George McDowell. Oh, that's awesome. What a name. Love All right, it. let's recap OU softball's dominance over the weekend. But first, Love's Travel Stops is now offering a nationwide 10 cent per gallon discount on gas and auto diesel. Just download the Love's Connect app and scan your barcode at the prompt on screen and watch that price drop 10 cents per gallon. Across the country, the Love's Connect app unlocks exclusive deals and can help any traveler print their route or meal on the highway. So before you hit the road, be sure to download the Love's Connect app to save 10 cents per gallon and experience the country's best highway hospitality at Love's Travel Stops. Love's also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones within an expanded mobile-to-go zone. And of course, don't forget to grab yourself some of that delicious Java Amore. Opolis Clothing is the exclusive home for all of our Oklahoma Breakdown merchandise. It is the best place to get your OU and OKC Thunder gear as well. If you want to live your life in buttery soft comfort, go to opolisclothing.com. That's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com. Use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off your entire order. That's opolisclothing.com. Use promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off. And hey, you hungry out there? Well, then head to the garage for some hand-smashed patties, butter-toasted buns, and ice-cold beer. Their food is fantastic, and it is the perfect spot to watch any big game. Visit eatatthegarage.com to find a location near you and order online from the garage in your neighborhood. All right, football guys, talking softball, FGTS. How do we want to do this? Do we want to go game by game? Excuse me, domination by domination, (laughs) bloodbath by bloodbath by bloodbath? Or do we want to talk? Do we talk about it as a whole? Like, how do we want to approach this? Um, I guess maybe maybe we should hit it all encompassing now that everyone knows the results, right? Okay. Yeah, I I guess you know they started things off hot and never really let up at all. Pretty impressive. So if yeah, uh, so eleven to zero in five. Uh, run ruled Hofstra in the first game, eleven to zero. God bless Missouri. They actually lasted six innings. Good for them. <laughs> that one extra inning, you should you should be proud, Missouri. And then the third game, just an Ooh. absolute bloodbath, sixteen to three over Cal. And when you look at the weekend as a whole, I think in game one and game two, the story for me. As I was watching, it's like the pitching's just dominant, right? You saw what Nicole May was able to do in game one. What was it? Four innings, gave up one hit, no walks, five strikeouts. Uh, Straco comes and closes the door in that game. And she just, she looked like she had full command of everything, right? And then Jordy Ball in game two against Missouri. Well, five innings, one hit, one walk, seven strikeouts. Just looked very, very comfortable and in full control. Like that's what stood out to me in the first two games, and then in the third game, it was just balls were flying over the fence all day long. So it was, it was one of those weekends where you're like, oh, I'm impressed with the pitching and the hit. It just they looked fantastic, Ted. Yep, all around absolute domination, just like everyone expected. Uh, pitching absolute top notch, as you hit on. Uh, hitting was incredible. I, you know, 
They they started off that game three just absolutely hitting bombs. It, it, it's a bad thing whenever you have to pull your pitcher in the top of the first inning. That's typically not a good sign. The I thought, did you see the shot of the cow pitcher that got pulled in the dugout? I don't think so. Oh, man. I took a video of it. I was going to tweet something, and I was like, you know what? Not going to do it. It was one of those. But I think it perfectly encompasses how how it feels to play against that OU team. She was crying. She's walking through the dugout. She's crying. She grabs a water bottle. She's like, she has this moment. Then she, so she's obviously very sad. Then she has this moment where she like bites the water bottle. She's angry. And then she has this moment. She takes this big, deep breath, just, and she just accepts what happened. You know, (laughs) she went through it all the entire emotional spectrum in that moment. And I kind of thought it was a perfect encapsulation of how it is playing this softball team right now. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's relentless, you know, and the thing to me that is, I don't know if it's the most impressive, but I, I, I talk about it all the time. The defense, their defense is incredible it may be the best thing that they have. They've got the number one defense and I think pretty pretty much every single metric by by a pretty decent margin. And I know at one point they had a perfect fielding percentage through the through the regional. And I don't know, I think something maybe happened late where they lost that, but it's just they're incredible everywhere. And you saw in that final game uh, against Cal, they're hitting bombs so that you see that they've got power. But later, they started generating runs with bunts and slap hits, moving runs around, great base running. It's They could do everything. Absolutely no weakness on this team. Remember when we had Patty Gasso on earlier in the week and she said that her players were really excited for this time of the year? Yeah, it says so. Turns out it, she can read a locker room? Is that what uh, you're turns out. Turns out she does what she's talking about. That that. That third game, that thing was over in the first inning. I know. I mean, Which just was, what I was mean, it? Jennings, Brito, Sanders, but... Erickson, all go yard in the first. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go work out. I think this one is uh, this one's in the books. Yeah, it's it's incredible, man. And what's it looking like? I know Clemson lost to Auburn in the first one, and they were playing in the second one, right? And I think Clemson, Clemson up. ended up pulling it out. Clemson coming the Norman for the super regional. We got a really good pitcher. Yep. Their, their ace is, is really good. So yeah. That'll be, so that'll be a fun one. Yeah. Should be fun, but man, I kind of just felt bad for Cal. That was, that thing was over. So, but now I don't feel bad. I know I was, I was enjoying it. I'm not, well, I don't know why I just lied, but I did, but yeah, just everything about the hitting in that game. Was it like 19 hits? Six home runs. It was just, it was bombs away all day, dude. It was, it was fun to watch. That's yeah, about as entertaining as that big of a blowout can be for me. Yeah. And, and like right in the middle when they had it all going, um, it may have been second or third. It's, I think it was second inning. Um, hell, it may have been the first inning. I, I don't remember, but Jada Coleman robs that home run in center field. And it's like, it don't matter what you do. Like yeah. there is, there is, you're you're never gonna get anything past it. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I think the the only thing 
from that third game against Cows. You know, Storaco gives up a couple runs, but I really don't read much into that. It's it's hard to be completely dialed in as a pitcher when you're up 14 to nothing. Like that's that's kind of a tough situation to really have your best stuff and to really be locked in and feeling that pressure and anxiety and the necessary focus. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. I I don't care that she gave up a couple runs in that situation. That's a it's a weird situation for a pitcher to be in. It is. It is. Um like you almost like whenever you got a pressure situation, you almost want to go in and take the pressure off somehow. But whenever you're in a non-pressure situation, like you almost wish that there was something there to give you the edge, you know, but it doesn't matter. They made it through um, onto the super regional and just like we thought, like there is, there's no let up and they, they are playing their best softball of the year. It feels like. Yeah. That third game, Jennings and Brito just raking, right? Kenzie Hansen. I thought she had a really good weekend at the plate. Like she looks like she's seeing it really well. Ooh, we do have we do have a little inside softball information here. Okay. Saw some people wondering the blue tape for Kenzie Hansen. I was told that she wears it when Jordy Ball pitches. Because it helps Jordy Ball focus on the strike zone, and blue is Jordy Ball's quote, and I could this is a quote, calming color. Huh. Interesting. I like it. I guess I never even noticed the tape. What's the tape? Is it? Like- she's got Kenzie Hansen when she's catching for Jordy Ball. She's got uh-huh. like three pieces of blue tape on her chest protector. Nice. And I saw it. And I was like, "What the? That there's got to be a story behind that." Interesting. Asked a couple people, got to the bottom of it. Wow. Okay. What do you think your calming color is, Ted? Bright red. <laughs> I would probably say blue. Blue for me as well. Blue's a I, nice calming color. I don't know if I, I can't back that up with any data, but that's the first thing that I think of. It's the first color that came to mind. Okay. We'll go with blue. I. What about I'll you? Ta- I'm thinking blue as well. Like, Blue makes me calm, I think. Like, but not like a bright blue, like a not a dull blue, but just a nice blue, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This is probably the stupidest thing we've ever talked about on here, but here we are. I don't know. People want to know what our calming colors are. We should research it, come back with a definitive. Yeah. I feel like. I feel yeah, like we both it. just kind of agreed with Jordy Balls. Like we need to find our own common color. Yeah. We'll okay. we'll work on it. We'll work on it. <laughs> stupid. All right. Let's finish up with our winners and losers of the weekend. But first, Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School represents a tradition of educational excellence in Oklahoma City. Grounded in a faith-based education, students prepare to meet their potential with an individualized academic path that strives for success. Bishop McGinnis offers a college prep curriculum that includes 22 AP courses, participation in OSSAA athletics where they've won over 100 state championships, and numerous clubs and organizations for students to join and grow. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. And attention, business owners, you need Insurica in your life. 
Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best-in-class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A dot com. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the weekend? I thought about going with EA Sports. NCAA football is coming back, expected to be back summer of 2024. I'm guessing, you know, to get around the player situation they had before, guys have the ability to opt in or opt out of the football game don't exactly know what that means if you opt in if you're going to get some type of uh payment or something through name image and likeness but it looks like they've navigated what is shark infested waters to release the old ncaa college football game again at least i am that's the plan i am very very excited so had ari wasserman from the athletic on my radio show this week he said EA Sports contacted him to talk about the recruiting aspect of the game. So I guess they're going, it's, it's going to be super detailed with the recruiting, with the transfer portal. There's supposed to be an NIL component. Like It's supposed to be legit, legit. But my only concern, well, I'm if there's a couple star players that don't opt in. Do is it just QB number thirteen for USC? Like, is that? I think and he'll so. be gone, but I think so. You know, here's the thing, and and this is how I feel about college football in general. Most fans of college football are fans of their university. It doesn't really matter who the players are. Now you have star players. They build a following through that fan base. But, you know, whenever that player graduated and is gone, those fans don't leave the university and just follow that player to wherever they are in the NFL. They also remain fans of that program, and they stay there. So my guess is, yeah, I if you don't get some star players, then I think, I think people will still love it no matter what. Yeah, and there may just be – you're like the Madden check, for example. So I tell people all the time, back in 2016, me and Matt Ryan, who I think was the MVP that year, we got the same check for the game because it was con- collectively bargained by the NFLPA. Right. You all get the same check. And I never heard anyone complain about it. Right? No one was using me on the game, but I never really heard guys complain about it. And my hope is that a lot of these college guys will just say, whatever. Put me on the game. It's awesome. It's cool. Let's not overthink this, but just with some of the experiences I had doing some of the NIL stuff, some of these guys' representation, they're going to want to see the contract. They're going to want to go through it. They're going to want to redline it, make some changes. Like 
that's going to happen. If you if you are getting if you each and every guy has to opt in, right? You're going to get some maybe some possible holdouts, <laughs> and I'm interested to see how how those situations are handled. Well, I'll I'll, I'll tell you this. So I don't remember what year it was, but they were doing something with the college football game and they had like award winners and stuff were on there or whatever. And like, they had called me about it and there's like, they're like, here's how much, you know, here's how much we'll pay. We want to use your name, whatever likeness for this game. And, you know, like, you know, let us know what you think. And I talked to my agent, and I, I guess I had the conversation with the bladers like, well, is there like, we were thinking maybe this number and they're like, this is a take it or leave it. I, if this is the number we understand if you don't want it, but we just, you just won't be on the game. So I was like, ah, send me the check, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah, put me on. It's like a, it's like a take it or leave it. At least that's how they did it then. And I, I bet that's how they do it now. It's like, well, I want this much because I'm going to be this type of player and I'm projected to go this high. And it's like, oh, that's cool. It's the same as everyone else. Yeah. Like, opt in or opt out. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm Simple. guessing that's how they do it. Like, they can't negotiate every year with, you know, 1,500 college players across could the you, Could you imagine if you're the person that has to handle all that? <laughs> Sounds like, sounds like my nightmare. Oh my gosh. But you know, that, that was, uh, I thought interesting. I ended up settling and going with, uh, when you win a major, you're a winner. Brooks Kepka getting it done. Uh, yeah. Faltered a little bit late. Looked like he was maybe going to make it interesting, but, uh, dude is, uh, nails. Everyone was struggling to make it around that course under par. And he, uh, he was best out there by a pretty good margin. Poor Victor Hovland. What was that? The sixteenth? That bunker? Oh, brutal! 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 He and he knew it. Like you could see when they showed his face right after it happened. It plugged in the side of that bunker. He knew. He was like, "There it goes." That was it. Gone. That was it. That We're was done it. here. I that felt. Cool, I felt though. for the man. There was some good stories. How about the uh, Michael Block, the PGA pro that? Played his way into. Did you see his reaction when he found out he's playing with Rory? It was like, no way, seriously, <laughs> that's pretty cool. But did you see him talk about playing with Justin Rose? Said he couldn't look at his face for the first couple holes. He's like, <laughs> I just, I'm a big fan of his. If I look at him, like I'm gonna fall apart. It. Did you see his hole in one on the 15th? I missed that. No, dude, no, no way. That. Oh wow, dunked it. That's great. Like straight in, dunked it. Ah. Uh. That's and awesome. then up and down on 18, but through the good. crowd, up and down, hits the putt. It was what an incredible story. Now, I will say on ESPN Plus, you could watch him and Rory like every shot they hit. Mm-hmm. I thought CBS, I thought they messed up, man. They they should have shown more of his shot. Like he was the biggest story, other than who's going to win this thing. Yeah, I watched, you know, I, I was watching whenever he and Rory teed off, and I, they showed him for like five minutes before they teed off, like given the backstory, you could see like the crowd reaction as soon as he like even got close to the the first tee box and 
people were going crazy and you could see he's like i I just can't believe what's happening right now it was awesome that's really cool that's the stuff that people love to see yeah as far as kepka what a journey back live golf man did did you watch full swing the thing on netflix no no so and i know that his episode you know you can edit it and i'm sure and i've heard him talk about it a little bit but you if you watch that you realize that dude was going through it mentally yeah and didn't know if he was going to get it back didn't know and you know made i think that was a huge piece of the reason he left for live golf obviously that and the money right and the security of that and i get that but he's back man yep. did what he did at augusta now remember kind of fell apart in the final round there wins the pga again Yep. What's it? His third time winning it. Got healthy too. Like that was like that was the key. The knee and then what was it? Was he fighting a wrist or something too? Yeah, it was. But I I think he just from watching the full swing thing. I think he thought his body was kind of falling apart on. Mm-hmm. And now he's healthy. And he just might be the best golfer in the world after what he did at Augusta and what he just did there at Oak Hill. You're gonna have a tough time telling me in a big time tournament that's not the guy you want to bet on right yep well um another good tournament the weather finally cooperated they were out there bundled up on wednesday and thursday so to see them out there in short sleeve shirts on sunday was cool my my favorite part what was it saturday when it was just dumping rain and everyone was wearing they just all looked big and puffy that's a you gotta love that brutal brutal Good stuff, though. Good stuff. All right. Who do you have as your loser of the weekend? Loser of the weekend. I had to go with Formula One. Race over in Italy canceled. Uh, They've had rain. They've had flooding. And they didn't want to hold up any of the emergency services with the race. So they went ahead and canceled it. Um, (laughs) The interesting part about that is my nephew for his college graduation and birthday present flew to Italy. My niece and nephew flew to Italy to watch the race and it was canceled. <laughs> no. Yeah. So, but it, it's been okay. They've still had fun. They've gone all over the place. They've been walking, taking the train around, seeing all the different stuff around Italy uh, and have had a, a lot of fun, but they were going there to see the formula one and had great tickets, everything. And which shocking, he had gone to the formula one in Austin and had some good tickets and bought tickets in Italy, like kind of the same type of ticket. And it was not even close to the prices it was in Austin way, way cheaper over there, which is, I thought was kind of shocking. Yeah, well, they've demand. they've been doing it over there for a lot longer. That's true, that's true. But, but I just brutal, right? He's been talking about this for a year. <laughs> that sucks so bad. I know. I know. Did you but, did you console him at all? Were you like, it's all right, man. Nah, he'll be fine. No, he's be fine. He'll be fine. Did they? You know what? It'll end up being a, a better story, anyways, right? It always did, is. Did they go to different cities in Italy? Did they? 
Yeah. Hit all the hot all spots, over. Venice, Rome. Yep. Since since they weren't going to the um to the Formula One race, they've been all over. Um they've hit all the hot spots by train. And I guess I don't know, you'd know better than I you can get to most of the places pretty quickly and fairly easy, right? By train. Yeah, that's what we did when we went over there. We went Venice to Rome, Rome to Florence, Florence to Sorrento. It's just bam, 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 all trains. That sounds like the exact little tour that they've been on. And yeah. I'm not sure exactly where the race was. Imala, Italy. I don't know yeah. where exactly that is in relation to those places, but they figured it out. They they didn't get to go to the race, but they still got to go to Italy. I can only feel so bad for him. Yeah, because he's – now, you may know this, so I don't mess it up, but he's the, he's a big Ferrari fan. And I feel like this is Ferrari's like home track where they do all their testing and everything. And that's maybe where Ferrari's located or something. So I know he was all amped up about that. Probably a big Charles Leclerc guy. Yeah. Well, it's tough. If you're not a Verstappen <laughs> guy, life is difficult in formula one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like not being a Georgia fan in college football right now. Yeah. That's yeah. That's pretty much it. All right, let's get to my winner. I feel so bad for him, but not. Once again, he got to go to Italy. And I'm he's jealous. In Italy. I mean, he's yeah. fine. He's, he's fine. fine. He probably ate so much pizza and pasta and drank so much wine. Good for him. All right, let's get to my winner and loser. But first. John Vance Auto Group has been serving Oklahomans for 40 years. Family owned and operated. They've got nine full service dealerships in Woodward, Miami, and Guthrie. No matter what your vehicle needs are, John Vance Auto Group has you covered. They carry domestic brands such as Ford, Lincoln, Chevy, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, Jeep, and Wagoneer. John Vance Auto Group's goal is to give unequaled service and to exceed customers' expectations in every way, which is why they have their lifetime loyalty program. And here's how it works. You buy a new or you used car from them. All you have to do is get all of the manufacturer recommended maintenance done at the Vance dealership. And if something goes wrong with the components of your engine, transmission, drive axle or transfer unit they will cover the repair cost it's a great deal you can browse their entire inventory or find the john dance dealer the john vance dealership near you at vanceautogroup.com and first fidelity bank is a full service financial institution based in oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs checking accounts saving accounts home loans and much more they do it all whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone everything is stress-free with ffb Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. Make your life easier, people. And go bank with First Fidelity Bank. Visit FFB.com for more information. All right. For my winner of the weekend, thought about going with Jimmy Butler. Now, we're recording this before game three in that series starts. I don't really really care what happens in game three. Jimmy Butler is that dude. Man, for... For him to have them up 2-0 in that series and for him to just jaw in Grant Williams' face the the way that he did and just ignite that team down the stretch in game two, that was that was spectacular to watch. And I I really don't care what happens the rest of that series. I feel like Jimmy Butler has he's like cemented himself as one of the bad dudes in the NBA. Like there's no doubt about it. And it's awesome to watch. It's crazy to think how they got here too. Right. Um, 
you know, they're supposed to have a good season. They started off, uh, what, pretty poorly, just kind of found their way in, lost in the playing game, uh, what, for the seventh seed, didn't, right? Didn't just lose, got destroyed by Atlanta. And I remember because I made Atlanta my winner, almost made him my winner of the weekend that weekend. They've had injuries, uh, players out, and on they march. Jimmy Butler just put it all on me. He's like, make it as bad as you can. Make it as grimy as possible. We'll find our way through it. It's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, it's so we'll we'll see what ends up happening. But man, the heater the heater fun to watch. And it's 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 Butler, who was I think he was the thirtieth pick of the draft. Bam Adebayo was like a mid first rounder, like thirteenth or fourteenth or something like that. Their other three main scorers in that game were all undrafted dudes. Yeah, I mean it's just. It's fun. It's fun to watch. But yeah. my winner of the weekend, let's talk a little hockey. Yeah. Ted, you keeping up? Any NHL playoff action for you? I've dabbled. I've dabbled a little bit. Well, then you know that Matthew Kachuk of the, the Florida Planters, he has had he's had himself quite the last couple games. Panthers are up 2-0 in the Eastern Conference Finals over the Carolina Hurricanes. They won a marathon. Game four overtimes, which I think I read is the sixth longest NHL postseason game. Which how how are there longer ones than that? Like what? I I thought you play. Uh, how many overtimes do they play before they go to shootout? Do they not do shootout anymore? I guess not. Uh, we are we're we're definitely revealing ourselves as hockey casuals right now. I don't know. I was thinking the same thing as you as I was sitting there watching it going, wait, they just, I guess they just keep going. Okay, fine. Well, all right. Maybe it's just a playoffs thing. I don't know. Yeah. Once you get I'd hardcore re- hockey people. The, uh, the uh, shootout thing. That's awesome. Shootouts yeah. are great. But then they won Saturday night. Uh, but and By the way, both games on the road in Raleigh, which is so damn impressive. But guess, guess who scored both? Overtime game winners. Kachuk. Kachuk. Scored with 12 seconds to go in the fourth overtime in game one and didn't take nearly as long in game two. Didn't even take two minutes in game two. But I love it. He scores the game winner in game two, and immediately he's right in front of the door that leads to the locker room, and he just runs straight into the locker room. Zero celebration on the ice. He like he just points to the locker room, takes off running. It was awesome. That's awesome. Let's get out of here, boys. We're going home. That's great, man. I ah, playoff hockey is is it's the best. It's, it's so good, so awesome. And I I find this hard to believe, but I double checked it. Florida has now won, and remember they were the ones that beat the Bruins, who had the best record, regular season record in the history of the NHL this season. They've won eight straight road games in the playoffs and are now six and oh in overtime games in the playoffs. Wow. That is insane. Road games. That's nuts. I know to compete with that. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. So yeah, Florida Panthers, they are, they're rolling, man. Miami heat, Florida Panthers. How about the little, uh, little Florida thing? They've got it rolling right now. How about that? That's and, uh, that's awesome. Uh, my my loser of the weekend, LA theme here. 
<laughs> There's an LA theme now yeah. that I think about it. So thought about going with USC. Mike Bone, their athletic director, just resigns. Now in his statement, cited health reasons, wants to spend time with his family. Then stuff, of course, starts coming out. The LA Times. What's the best way to summarize it, Ted? Sounds like this guy was just kind of creepy. Yeah, they um made made some of his fe- some of his female colleagues uncomfortable. Yeah, there's there's a lot of chatter going around and um it doesn't sound like this is the first place yeah. he's made his female colleagues uncomfortable. Yeah. So, I don't know, and it comes at a horrible time for USC. Yeah. Where they're about to go to the Big 10 and right now you know, and I don't know how long this thing has been boiling to where he may uh, get fired or air quotes resign, uh, but it could take a long time to go through the process of of hiring an athletic director. So, there, this poor timing. Yeah, and yeah, it didn't sound good. Didn't sound good. Uh, an unfortunate situation. Now, also thought about going with UCLA softball. Ooh. Yikes. Number two overall seed in the entire tournament. You're hosting the regional in your own building. You lose the Grand Canyon and then you lose the Liberty and you are out. Done. Done. Season over. You'd have thought we were watching the Super Bowl last night watching uh, UCLA in, the, in Liberty play. That was a fun game to watch. If you had a rooting interest against UCLA, which we did, uh, media darlings getting all the uh, all the love throughout the year. Tough, tough, but not as tough as the weekend for the LA Lakers. <laughs> Thoroughly outplayed on their own floor in the fourth quarter, and now find themselves down three zero to the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets that I picked. By the way, just a reminder, just a reminder. Right. Uh, game was on the line, and Nuggets took control, man. Bullied the Lakers. No team's ever come back from a 3-0 deficit in the history of the NBA playoffs. Nuggets are they're just too good. They're too balanced. They got too many guys they can go to. Lakers just don't have enough answers. It's really that was that fourth quarter. That was that was really, really impressive. That that was championship team type type stuff from the nuggets. Yeah. Yeah, they are um they're well-rounded, man. I know they've got Jokic and 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 he's the star of that team, but they're well-rounded on the outside. They've got they've got plenty of guys that that have good skills that really feed off of what it is that he does. They're built really good. Yeah. And there are a couple things I love about that team. They just they seem to always play with a sense of urgency, right? They're pushing it in transition if the Lakers miss, and they're running, like actually running. You know, when when guys are sprinting versus when they're oh they're running back. No, Jokic sprints. Now he may not sprint very fast, but you can see the effort. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Especially if they turn it over or if the the Lakers are rebounding a miss or something like, they sprint back. And not everyone on the Lakers does that. I'm talking about you, D'Angelo Russell. Get it figured out. <laughs> but 
they they just play they play with the sense of urgency and one thing i absolutely love about jokic so often in the nba right there's so much pick and roll action now right in the league and you're looking for the switch switches you're hunting switches for the guy that's handling the ball and whenever jokic doesn't have the ball and there's a switch and he gets a guard on him he immediately goes straight to the block Posts that guy up and demands the ball. He did it like five or six times in game three. Just, oh, you're going to put Austin Reeves on me. Okay, I'm going to the block. I'm huge. I'm going to seal him, demand the ball, and I'm going to lay the ball in the basket. And start. And it's just, you don't see enough of that anymore from the huge humans in the NBA. But Jokic does it time and time and time again, and I appreciate it. Yeah. No, it's it's impressive. They're really good, and um, I imagine they're going to clean them up in four and sit back and watch and see what happens with that other series. Yeah, we'll we'll see if it ends up being the old gentleman's sweep, right? Yeah. They'll maybe get back to Denver, win it on their home floor. But I will say, I know there's some. Yeah, I don't watch the NBA. People out there, I'm telling you, if you didn't watch that first half and the show that Jamal Murray put on. If you want to know why I, and I'm, it's just my, like why I enjoy watching the NBA more than watching college basketball, it has everything to do with these guys' skill level and their shot making. And the shots that Jamal Murray was hitting in that first half, my goodness. I mean, the dude was, he was a flamethrower. If you, if you're not into the NBA, just go watch him in that first half. I'm just saying you're going to come away with it going, I get it. That guy's incredible. It was yeah. so fun to watch. Yeah. I, they're going to be tough to beat, man. You picked him to win the whole thing? Yeah. Look at You got a chance to go. You picked UConn and got a chance to pick the uh, the Nuggets to go finish this thing. Look at you. Yeah, Mr. hoops Basketball guy. That's IQ what every guy. Yeah, hoops guy. Everyone knows that. Come on. <laughs> Come on. That's why everyone listens to this. Let's go. Let's, let's be real. I, one last thing about the Lakers Nuggets. Give me more Austin Reeves, man. He, I, I don't need D'Angelo Russell having the ball instead of him. Give Austin Reeves the basketball because, and I'm, I'm no X's and O's expert, but good things happen when they give him the ball. And whether it's action with Anthony Davis or LeBron James, like, He's he's a great decision maker. He doesn't turn it over. He can shoot off the dribble. Like he's a really good passer. Get the ball in his hands more, Darvin Ham. Make it a point of emphasis. Who more ever, Reeves. Who would have ever thought that we'd be in the Western Conference Finals uh, and be saying we need more Austin Reeves, right? Dude, is, uh, he's been on a rocket ship up. That's awesome. I, for one, would like to see more egregious flops from LeBron James <laughs> because I love social media and the uh, the flop reels that continue to come out with him uh, <laughs> acting insane whenever he takes one of those bad fouls. Uh, maybe the probably the best highlight of game three was him running into Scott Foster and making him bleed. That was <laughs> That was pretty good. See, I missed funny. that and turned it over to that like 
right whenever he was sitting there talking to him and the ref had blood all over it. I was like, what did I miss? <laughs> it was, uh, we'll see. I, that series is over in my opinion. It, yeah. It's either over in four or over in five, but Hey, never know. I, wouldn't mind if it got a little interesting. I just drama. I don't see it happening for the Lakers. Rough weekend for mm. LA. Rough. You hate to see it. Brutal. Hate to see it. On that note, episode 319 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop on Wednesday. Just a reminder you can hear Teddy from three to six on 94.7 The Ref. You can hear me on Sirius XM Big 12 Radio, channel 375. Hope you all have an awesome week. And until next time, we appreciate you all for listening. Do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Just one more time